tell the person next to you, say, I'm glad you're in the house of God today. Now look at them and say, where are we going for lunch? Where are we going? We got to take care of each other. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. Well, I want you to watch this quick video clip, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a Job today. So if you'll show that clip, that'd be great. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. Where's the Avengers? We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Amen. Amen. Okay, how many of you seen the movie? How many of you would say, don't mess it up for me, Chappie? Don't mess it up for me, Chappie. Okay, I see a few hands. I'm not going to mess it up for you. About uh, a couple months ago, my grandboys and I, grand twins, they wanted me to go and see this movie. And I was excited to see it, and, and, and I was hoping I would understand it, because sometime when I watch Star Wars, I can't figure out who the good guys and the bad guys are. But this movie, I could figure it out. Listen, in this Avengers movie, Xanos had a plan and an end game in mind. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he had an end game in mind. And the Avengers had an end game in mind. Should you choose to watch this movie, you will know who wins at the end. I am not going to tell you. But can I tell you this? If we live our life as if we don't have an end game, that would be bad. Are you with me? See, can I tell you, some of us live as if today is the only day we're going to live. Some of us live and we believe that truly Disney World is the happiest place on earth. Matter of fact, some of us believe that it is the happiest place ever and we'll never be happier than that. Can, can I tell you, Impact Christian Church, if you don't have an end game, what, you won't play the game well. You'll be disappointed. You'll be discouraged. We, how many of you have an end game? How many you know heaven is coming for us? One person would say, you know, I really don't want Jesus to come, nor do I want to die before I get married and have children. Versus going, can I tell you, after being married and having children, somebody say, go there, Chappie. See, my wife's not here. Y'all not recording this, are you? <laughs> After being married and having children, I am knowing without a doubt that I'm ready. Heaven has got to be more than that. Amen? I'll just say it that way. How many of you say amen to that? Amen. And I understand this young person's desire to be married, but heaven is way greater than that. Thank God for children. Thank God for marriage. But heaven is way better. I have an end game. And because I have an end game, I have a different view of this earth. See, some of us believe that earth is supposed to be like heaven. There's to be no more dying. 
No more crying. We're to have the mansion today. We're to have no sickness and disease. Some of us believe that's what's supposed to happen on earth. How many of you know this is not heaven? Say amen again. But if you get mixed up, you'll wonder, well, like, why? Like, why? See, Daniel didn't get mixed up. Daniel prayed five times a day. But despite his prayer life, he still ended up being thrown in the lion's den. Well, what's up with that, God? I've been loving you. I've been spending time in the Word. Why would you have a guy like me thrown into the lion's den? But see, you don't understand that Daniel understood the end game. If the lions ate him, who was he going to see? Jesus. If the lion didn't eat him, there's going to be some kings and some folks that were against him that's going to come to know God and how great he is. But either way, he wins. Isn't that what the three, the three Hebrew boys said when they were thrown into the fire? If God saves us, praise God. But if he doesn't, praise God. Some of us are going through some stuff and we're going... <gasps> <laughs> this is the end my marriage my finances that's because you don't have an end game you think this is all there is and this is not yes we want to be blessed here on earth but there is more there is more amen, amen. John the Baptist said hey disciples I'm in prison I'm about to be beheaded I serve God. I'm called the greatest prophet who ever lived. If God loved me, surely he's going to deliver me from this beheading. How do you know he was beheaded? He was beheaded and saw a greater glory because his end game wasn't, if Jesus doesn't save me, this is it. Hey, if this is the way God's taking me home, it's okay because heaven is all that. I don't know what you're thinking heaven's like. This earth is awesome. I love my life here. But can I tell you, my end game, I'm excited about what God is going to do. In Job chapter 23, my whole plan today is to change your favorite verse. I don't know what your favorite scripture is today, but I want to change it to another one that's in Job 23. Would you turn to Job with me, please? Job 23. Chapter 10 is what I'd like your new number one verse to be. We're going to read that in just a minute. Let me tell you about Job's end game. But before I tell you about his end game, let me tell you about his life. I didn't say this, but in Job chapter 1, God says that Job was blameless and upright. Wouldn't that be awesome if God looked at your life and say, whatever your name is, he would say, have you seen my servant David, John, she, she is blameless and upright. I don't know about you, but if God said that about me, I go, come on, God. Come. I start turning red and everything, right? Come on, God. You know, because I just like, that would just make me feel good. God said Job was blameless and upright. But in chapter 1, just a little bit later, Job lost all of his property. Say all of his property. He lost all of his possessions. Say all of his possessions. Say he lost all of his children. Say all of his children. This happened in one day. Now, I don't know about you, but if God told me in chapter 1, verse 1, Chappie, you're all that, blameless and upright. And then in the same chapter, he takes all my stuff, all my children, takes everything. It's like, something's not right here. Something's not right. Because, see, when I'm living for God, my life is supposed to be, like, awesome. It's supposed to have no problems. Is that true? No, but some of us kind of believe that. 
When Job lost all these things, it says, yet he did not sin nor blame God. How many of you want to be like Job? I want to be like him. There are people walking this earth and in this church right now that would look at a situation and say, where were you? Where were you? When that priest was doing that raping, where were you? God, where were you when that drunken driver hit that van and everyone lost their lives, but the drunken driver still lives? God, God, where were you during that time? How many of you, know, how many of you honestly would say, when I get to heaven, God, I do have some questions. I got to be honest. Lift up your hands. God, when I get to heaven, I will, I'm going to worship you, but I just got this thing I want to ask you about because this just doesn't make sense to me. How many of you got that honestly? Lift up your head. It's not just me, right? When I get to heaven, it's just, I don't understand this, God. It says that Job was afflicted with sores from his feet. Remember, he lost all, he lost all, he lost all. That wasn't it. From his feet to his head, he had sores on his body. He was suffering, but he was righteous and he was blameless. But in all that, he never blamed God. The Bible says that to relieve himself, I don't have a piece of pottery, but if this were pottery, he would scrape his sores just so he would feel better. Now, I've never been in that kind of pain. The closest I've been, and don't laugh at me, but I remember having the chicken pox. Anybody remember having the chicken pox? I mean, you know, and you just want to scratch them off, and Mama's saying, don't scratch, don't scratch. You got the lawn. But it's like it feels so much better, but Mama's trying to help you. That doesn't make it better. Here Job is. He's going through this pain, and then he has these friends that say, Job, the reason why you're going through all this stuff is because there's sin in your life, and there is Job 23. Would you stand, please? If you have a sermon outline on the back of the sermon outline, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read Job's words in the New Living Translation. You can follow along in your Bible. I'm going to read it as Job is probably scratching and just in this pain with all this loss and this grief, knowing that he's blameless. Job says this, my complaint today is still a bitter one. And I try hard not to groan aloud. Can you feel his pain? He's speaking against these boys, Elipaz, who is saying there must be sin in his life. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court. I would lay out my case and present my arguments. Then I would listen to his reply and understand what he says to me. Would he use his great words to argue with me? No, he would give me a fair hearing. Honest people can reason with him. So I will be forever acquitted by my judge. I go to the east, but he is not there. I go to the west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden from me. I look to the south, but he is concealed. Here's the verse that I want to be your new verse and mine. But read it, would you read it out with me, verse 10? Ready, begin. But he knows where I am going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. He goes on to say, 
For I have strayed on God's path. Stayed on God's path, I am sorry. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than daily food. But once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. So he will do to me whatever he has planned. He controls my destiny. No wonder I am so terrified in his presence when I think of it. Terror grips me. God has made me sick at my heart. The Almighty has terrified me. Darkness is all around me. Thick and impermeable darkness is everywhere. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Some of you today are going through a tough time, or you have been, and you ask yourself, God, like, why? You can read all 42 verses, chapters of Job. Can anybody tell me why Job went through what he went through? It doesn't mention it. It never tells us why. Job went through all that. We have no idea why he went through that. When I have a cold and I'm feeling really sick like I'm going to die, and I go to the doctor and he says, Chappie, you have the flu. How many of you know I go, how many of you know flu versus cancer? I feel so glad just to know what I have and what I'm going through. Am I right? Do you, you feel that? When the doctor tells you that. But when you have no idea what or why, it's very difficult. Some of you are going through stuff right now, and you're saying, but God, why do I have to go through it? I'm living right for you. I'm in the world every day. Job never knew why. But he knew the end game. He knew his end game. Do you know your end game? Do you know what's final for you? Do you know that if you continue worshiping God through this very difficult situation, God will see you through, and the end is going to be way better than what you're going through. Amen? There's some tests that some of you are going through, and you would say, God, I don't understand. I, I get tested, I get tested, and it won't go away. Don't raise your hands, but some of you for many, many years have been struggling financially. You haven't done anything wrong. You're living your life right, but the financial situation just won't change itself. Some of you have health issues, and you're saying, but God, why? My neighbor lives in health. They run and they play. Matter of fact, some of my neighbors don't even know you. They don't even love you. They drink, they smoke, but they have all the health. Lord, why me? Job never knew why. But he continued because he knew that there was an end game. When he was faithful, he was going to continue to be faithful no matter what. Can I tell you, in my life, I have this situation. God is always asking me to do stuff I don't want to do. Raise your hand if, if God does that to you. Does he ever ask you to do stuff you just don't want to do? And I tell God, because I love him, God, thank you so much for offering me that opportunity but I don't want to do it. I just want to tell you, God, I love you, but uh-uh. I don't want to do it. I just want to be real with you. And I feel like God's saying to my heart, you know, you know, Chappie, I'm so glad that you gave me your opinion on this because that is very meaningful to me. However, the end game says that I have a desire more to make you like Christ than to make you happy. I have a desire, Chappie, more to make you like Christ than to make you happy. That's God's way of saying, I don't care what you think about this whole situation, you know? 
If you're not happy in your marriage, I don't really care. If you don't want the children that I sent you, I don't really care. Because it's not about you. It's all about me. How many of you would like to know my newest trial? Here's my newest trial. Only those over a certain age will understand my pain. I'm a principal at Colorado Springs Mission, Christian School. I love my job. I have two master's degrees, seminary and leadership, and I'm loving my kids. ACSI comes and does an accreditation, and they say, you know what, Chappie, we love the fact that you love kids and you love Jesus, but how many educational degree credits do you have? And I go, who cares? I love Jesus. I've got a BA degree. I'm born again. They say, dude, you don't have any, and you need to go back to school. And I'm going, oh, demons. I find that thought in Jesus' name going back to school. I will not do it. They said, Chappie, unless you want to not be employed here, you have to begin classes at school at 65 years old. So after I told the Lord how I didn't feel so great about this, <laughs> he told me, I don't care, go to school. So I go to CCU, Colorado Christian University, and I say, I want to go to school. And they said, that'll be great. Each of our courses costs $600 a credit. It's a three-credit class for $1,800. I go, oh, great, Lord. I don't have to go because I can't afford it. VA says, we'll pay for it all for you, Chappie. <laughs> mm. Okay, Lord, I'll go. I'll go if that's what you want me to do. So I go to the registrar, and here's where the pain begins. I said, when does the class start? You know, where, where do we meet? And they say, Chappie, you're going to take 24 credits, eight classes of three credits, and you're going to do that online. I said, well, like, where are the students? Online. Where are my books? Online. Where's the teacher? She's in Alabama, and she's online. All these people are in my, where, how do I find this? So they give me one password to find the books. Do you know how frustrating it is to have a book that I cannot highlight, I cannot touch, and when I'm, I mean, it won't let you copy anything. I mean, it's weird. I hate online. And all the, t all the 12 kids, they're right there online. Do you know how they discuss things? They write to each other. And they text each other, and they say, I disagree with you. And I'm going, I hate this. I hate online education. And then they have me write stuff. Here's the most frustrating part. I write a paper. I see the paper. Do you know it was just 20 years ago when I was at Azusa Pacific that I would take that paper, and I would say, here, teacher, thank you for teaching me. Do you know we don't do that anymore? You have to download the paper, attach it to some website, which the teacher writes me and say, I didn't get it, do it again. I don't know how to do it. I've got it done, but I don't know how to get it to you. Lady in Alabama, I did my work. It is so frustrating. Do you think God will give me a break and let me go? I said, I will drive to Denver, sit in class in person. The class does not exist. You do online or you don't do it at all. I don't like it. What is God teaching me? He is teaching me to be patient, to trust him. 
I have now finished the first course. I'm on week four of the second course. Lord only knows I got a 3.75 average. I don't even have any idea of how that happened. But God is stretching me. The last class they said, I want you to do PowerPoint and put a video with it. How do you do that? What do you speak to anyway? I, I'm learning, 65 years old. But that's what God's doing in my life. I could ask any one of you to stand up and say, what miserable thing is God having you do and you hate it with a passion? Don't tell me, but tell me if you can relate to me. Just lift up your hand. I want to know I'm not by myself. Thank you that God is not picking on me. Can I tell you? Can I tell you that if you'll just press through, there is an end game that God has. I'm going to be wiser, smarter, a better principal, and I'm going to learn this online stuff. Not because I'm determined, because I wipe the tears from my eyes and say, God, I hate this, but I love you. Lord, no, I really hate this, and I must really love you, because I really hate this. I want to say, point number one, would you write this down? Stop complaining when you don't understand. Stop complaining when you don't understand. Just do it. Press in. Look at this clip real quick. And my sentence after this clip is, if you can't get a miracle and get relieved from that which you're involved in, at least be a miracle. I want to be a miracle of a 65-year-old guy that's learning how in the world to do online classes. I think it's miraculous that I'm able to do that. Look at this guy's life and see what kind of a miracle he is. You may have seen him before. And guys, we'll just watch about a minute of it, okay? I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, he answered me very clearly through John chapter 9. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. <laughs> and no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. This video goes on to say, you can give him a round of applause. He speaks in several countries around the world and his question was why at 10 years old before he gave his heart to Christ he tried to commit suicide and etc then he realized why God has him here I believe he has two kids a beautiful wife and God is doing great things but his end game is I'm gonna live for the Lord I don't know what you're going through I just know that complaining won't help you in the midst of all Job's goings-on he was singing a song in his heart that sounded like this. And I won't say no. How great is our God? How great is our God? Your God is awesome. What you're going through, I do not know why. Pastors do not know why. 
God does know why. Would you just hold on? But look at verse 10. It says, start what? Start trusting. God knows your situation. Look at the three things I want. He knows me. If you're, if you're filling in the blank. Job didn't understand why, but the one thing he knew, he knew God knows me. He has not forgotten me. God had a purpose for this trial in my life, for the trials in your life. Just hold on. He's, he's there with you. The next one said, he tests me. He's not punishing me. He's testing me. God has a test designed because this test is doing more than I can ever imagine to make me like him. That's not the why answer, but it's just a fact that it's happening in my life. And at the end, it says, he rewards me. God will one day bring something good of this very tough situation. How do I know? Only precious metal is put through the fire. It says in 1 Peter 1, 6, And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. Say little while. Say little while. See, my middle schoolers believe that this is going to be a, a long school year. There are eighth graders that cannot wait to be in the ninth and tenth grade and drive a car. They think it's probably going to be about like a lifetime. How of you know a year is nothing when you get older? It's a blink. It's, I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm 35. 65 is old. I don't feel old, but my life is just quickly just buzzing away. It says for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come, it says in 1 Peter, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. When I'm going through my toughest time, I close my eyes and I don't think of Disneyland. That does nothing for me. But I think of heaven. I think of the mansion. I think of the gold. I think no more crying. I think of how awesome it's going to be. Not that I'm giving up on this life. I'm saying this is the only heaven that some people are going to see. Not me. This is a joke compared to what I'm going to see. Amen? And I'm not talking about just being an angel floating around. I'm going to be me worshiping God. I'm going to have hair on. I just want y'all to know. I'm going to have this nice fro, guys. I mean, I'm going to be good looking. I'm going to have a new body that doesn't, I don't have to limp or feel knees aching. Y'all going to look at me and go, whoa, chappy, you, boy, you, you looking good. I said, do you see me? Wait till you see my house. Come on over. Parade of homes. Come see my place. Yes, sir. So not only stop complaining when you don't understand, but start trusting God. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. And then the very last point I want to share with you is speak out and start testifying. When Job wrote chapter 23, was he healed already? No. He's still going through the loss of his stuff, the loss of his property, the loss of his family, and he's still suffering. Listen to the words. I just read them, but listen to some of them. He says, my feet have closely followed his steps. Now, you would think he would abandon God because he's going through a difficult time. I think I shared with you before that when I, as a chaplain in the Air Force, one of my chaplain assistants, I said, hey, man, how's your faith? You love God too? Let's go get him. He said, Chappie, I, I don't love God. I'm an atheist. I said, I thought you were a Christian. He said, I once was a Christian. But you see, my girlfriend, when I was dating her in high school, we were in a car accident and she was beheaded. 
There cannot be a God who would allow something like that to happen. Would you agree with me, Chapman? I said, dude, if I could tell you why, if I were God and could tell you why, you would understand. I don't know why, but you got to know, you got to know, you got to know there is a God. Some of us, when we see very difficult things happen, we don't look at the end game. We look at just the now. We've got to look at the end game. What is your end game? If you can't get a miracle, be a miracle. Here's what Job says while going through his suffering. He says, my feet have closely followed his steps. The A point says, closely follow God in everything. The more I'm going through difficult times, the more I hold on to God. Is it hard to do? Sometimes, yes. But can I ask you, if I don't run to God, who else is there to run to? I'm not going to run to President Trump, nothing for him or against him, but can he help me in my situation? I can't run to the police officer or mom and dad. We're going through stuff that nobody can help us but God. If I run from him, who do I go to? So I just cling on that much tighter. Amen? Yeah. Don't run from him, run to him. Then he says, I'm B. He says, I have kept his ways without turning aside. Keep his ways even when it doesn't make sense. B. Three B says, Keep his ways, even when it doesn't make sense. How could you love a God that would allow something like this to happen? I don't know, but who else do I have but to love? The end game says I'm going to be with him forever. When I get to heaven, I say, thank you, Lord, for letting me in because I don't deserve it. But by the way, God, can I just ask you this? <laughs> How do you know when I get there, I'm just going to be so happy to have made it that I ain't going to have any questions. I think I may have questions, but I doubt that I'll get a chance to ask because I'll be so excited and amazed that I made it or that Jesus allowed me to make it. Uh, C says, he, keep his commandments. Number three, it says, I have, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than daily bread. It says, keep his commandments even in a world that's upside down and blames God. Don't you do it. Keep his commandments. Then he goes on to say, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than daily bread. I like that word daily. Don't raise your hand, but I need to be in the word every single day. When I'm in the word, what it does, if I watch the news, bad news, more than I read the good news, can you see what's going to shape my mind? If I just keep watching the bad news, I'm going to walk in fear. Oh, no, there's been another murder. There's been whatever. Hey, but when I read the good news, I get to see what the, my end game is. You with me? Stay in the Word, just like Job did. The last point, all the things he's saying summarizes this. God is large and in charge. Would you write that down? God is large and in charge. I do not understand all the stuff that I'm going through, but the one thing I know is I'm going through it with God. He's not leaving me because the word says, but he knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. What's your end game? If you can't get a miracle from what you're dealing with, at least be a miracle. Start speaking and start testifying the great things that God is doing and God will do in your life. Start. Start trusting God because he knows the way that you take. And most of all, stop complaining. How of you know complaining will get you nowhere? And nobody wants to hear it. I want to hear your testimony. I do not want to hear your moaning. Amen? Amen? Worship team, would you come forward? And I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and no one looking around at this time. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, 
you're going through a very difficult time or it has been more difficult than you wanted it to be. And it's way more difficult than Chappie's little CCU computer situation. It's really tough what you're going through. And you've honestly can say, I have no end game. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, or I did at once, but I've kind of just put that on the side. I'm just suffering. Without anyone looking around, would you just raise your hand and say, pray for me, Chappie, because my faith is wavering with this tough situation that I'm going through. I will pray for you, my sister. I will pray for you, my brother. I will pray for you, my sister, my sister, my sister, anybody else. I just want to wait for you. This is your day to say, God, it hurts bad, and I'm having a hard time staying close to you. But Lord, I'm here in church because by faith, I really want to be reminded. I want to be renewed in my faith that even if though Job went through, he worshiped you. God, would you help me? Lord, I pray for my 10 brothers and sisters. Lord, I don't know what they're going through. And if I knew it, I would not know why. I just know for sure, God, that they want to be like Job to say, God, it hurts. And, I, it, and knowing why wouldn't even make the pain go away, but it hurts. God, you promised that you know the way that I take. And Lord, right now with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, I pray that they would, God, that they would say, God, make yourself real in my life. God, show me the end game that you will see me through this and that heaven's going to be far better than what I'm suffering through right now. Lord, I pray right now in this moment that they would even say, God, I want to invite or re-invite you back into my life. Lord, show me who you are and how awesome you are. Job spent time with you, so he never wavered from the faith nor complained or whined because, God, you were magnified in his life. God, show up in my life. Lord, if it be your will, deliver me from this very difficult situation. The Bible says in Job 42 that you doubled his wealth. You gave him children and, and, a, and a new family. And Lord God, you did bless him. Do the same for my brothers and sisters that are suffering right now. They're going through hard things. If it's health, heal them. If it's finances, bless them. If it's unspoken things, whatever it is, God, you do what only you can do. But may this be a day where they see you bigger than the problem that they're going through. If you're here today and you would say, God, I do whine and complain a lot. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Lift up your hand if you say, Lord, forgive me for whining. Lord God, forgive me. Both my hands are up. Lord, when I go through anything hard, Lord God, we just whine and complain because we don't look at the end game. We just need to say, Lord, forgive us for our whining. We don't want to do that. We want to trust you in every single thing, whether it's a great thing or whether it's a small thing. God, we give it to you because, Lord, who can we run to but you? We just want to trust you in every single situation that we're going through. Then, Lord God, we want to be a testimony. Raise your hand if you would say, I want to be a testimony for God. I want to speak of his goodness. Lord God, there are some tough things in our life. But, Lord, there's some things where you just want to be delivered through. I love the guy on the video. He has no arms and no legs, but he's testifying of how awesome you are. Lord, in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of our stuff, Lord, may people see God. We want to have a testimony and not just a money. So, Lord God, help us to sing of your praises and to speak of your praises. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's children said, amen.